0: Hi everyone, I'm your host Tess from Spellbinding, and you're listening to Everyday Witch, a show that helps you discover and unlock the magic within. Hi everyone, today I am joined by Tia Johnson, who is an electric witch, spiritual lifestyle mentor, podcaster, international speaker, and a two-time self-published author. Tia mentors spiritually centered people to break free from society's obsolete and oppressive lifestyle standards to crack the code on their spiritual gifts. Heal, reconnect with the goddesses and live their truth to create the magical life of their desires. Tia does this by providing intuitive insights, certified spiritual healing practices, lifestyle strategies through mastermind summits, and retreats. Thank you so much for being here today. And if you could tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself?
1: Yes, thank you so much for having me here. Man, where do I begin? Um, I started doing this because I was grieving. I was on my own healing journey, and so I wanted to help others who were grieving, and I just began to get certification in healing practices. So, as I say, I'm here to help. So, I'm here to help and Give people to break free from the very things that have been holding them back, knowing and unknowingly sometimes some things are in the subconscious or the people who we are around. So, yeah, that's just who I am. Um, I love football. My egos are winning. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I like to have fun with this as well and teach and focus a lot on foundational work.
0: That's awesome. Was there anything like specific that inspired you to, to be a spiritual mentor?
1: Oh, man, uh, that's such a great question, because it's, there's so many things when I think about it. When I was a kid, I was having visions with my actual eyes. Uh, I I had um, premonition dreams. I'm trying to think what else was it? It was something else. Oh, and recently, I'm starting to remember that the the little doodles I used to draw in class in my notebooks those were symbols so it was as if I was giving myself clues I just knew to draw those even though I was just in class you know just drawing still listening to the teacher so yeah it's it's um it's a series of things just having those experiences those dreams uh, those feelings knowing certain things and really confiding into my grandmother about those things and so that and compound that with the the healing journey I was going on after the deaths of my grandparents because I was so close to them so I would say it, it would be a combination of those two things and as time went on it was just that calling to to help people really I say often I'm here to help so it's really that calling
0: yeah yeah I totally get that Um, one thing for me that I feel like with spirituality and helping other people or just doing readings in general is the biggest thing is confidence. And I know you talk about it on your website. I was wondering if you have any advice for others to grow or gain their confidence.
1: Oh, yeah, that is such a huge topic. And I would say, first and foremost, it's a building block process definitely give yourself the space and grace to grow because if you had a a time machine and went back, you know, five, 10 years ago and told me I was going to have purple hair, I would say, no, no, you know, so it it just, it grows as you grow. So I would say uh, starting off number one, again, remember building blocks to start entertaining the things that you always wanted to do. So if there is a particular color, let's say your your favorite color is hot pink. Maybe you can start off with getting your nails done a certain color with that pink in there. Or maybe you can get hair clips that you can wear on the weekends that's hot pink or, or wear hot pink. Figure out ways how you can incorporate the very things that are calling to you in little ways until you get comfortable enough to be as bold as you want with that. And then next, really start to understand your environment and the people who you're hanging around. I know that's the saying that goes around often. You're the the sum of the five people you hang around. But it's so true because the people who you hang around, especially if they care about you, they will want you to succeed no matter what. And I talk about the three groups of people that uh, are around you until you start to weed people out. And those people who want you to succeed, no matter what, they're going to help you as much as they can, however they can. And so when you think about the people and the environment you're in, taking note of the places you're going to, does that still pique your interest? Are you feeling fulfilled, happy, relaxed when you go to these places? If not, start to implement strat- excuse me, strategies to change that. So, yeah, start there. Look at who you're hanging around and start asking yourself, who am I and where do I want to be in life? So once you start diving into who you are and understanding that, then no one can tell you what should make you happy, what you should wear and things like that, because you know who you are and you are comfortable with that.
0: Can you expand on like the three different types of people and what that means and who they are?
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. So. Uh, Group one are the group of people who they want you to succeed no matter what. They'll help you, whether they will provide a resource like money, their time, a, a connect, so you can network, something like that, some advice. Group number two are the people who want you to succeed, but not to surpass them. So these are the people who tend to sabotage you. They give you backhanded compliments. They're okay if you aren't in a place that they deem is better than. And when I say this to people, uh, some of the responses are, oh, but uh, they're my sister, they're my brother. I don't look at them as you know anything other than, but the thing is, they see you as competition. So it's okay, for example, if you're living in an apartment or even if you have a home and maybe it's a one bedroom, two bedroom, and let's say they have a three bedroom home, God forbid, if you get a five-bedroom home with a two-car garage or if you can travel more, now they're starting to get jealous because they're looking at you as competition. And then group number three are people who don't want you to succeed no matter what, and they express that. They're the haters. They are saying the negative things to you. And when I ask people, who do you think are the most dangerous group because they can really do damage, people think it's the group three, the haters. When in actuality, is the group number two because they come to you with a friendly face. They come to you like they know what they're talking about. They want to give you this advice. But when we start to notice the things that they're doing as a whole, when we zoom out, we see how they try to be underhanded. How they, when they come over your house, things miraculously start to break. There's a scratch. What's going on? And it's very consistent with that. They say they will help. And then all of a sudden they can't. So you have to watch out for those people in particular. And they could be anyone.
0: 100%. That's great advice. And yeah, it's really hard when you feel like you're supported to be like, Mm -hmm. oh, but they're actually holding me back. So that's great. Um, You also talk about the fear mindset and what society's standards are and how to break free from that. I was wondering if you could talk about your advice about how to break free from the fear mindset.
1: Oh, yes, man. It's one of my favorite things to talk about because it's so deep. So some of the things that I've come across over, gosh, over a decade now uh, involves, especially uh, with women and those who identify as women and so forth, is that it's a certain type of lifestyle that we're supposed to have. And it's so well ingrained that if you aren't around certain people, you think that's how you're supposed to live. And a lot of times that's not fulfilling for people. So part of that fear mongering is, oh, uh, you're not married? When are you going to get married? I remember being 19, 19 years old. (laughs) And I met this one woman who uh, had to work with her. And her first question was, are you married? Not how long have you been here? Not, how are you? And anything like that. Are you I'm like, what? I don't know what, who I really, truly like. I mean, there's that initial physical attraction, but I don't know like that. And so it's these things that uh, people try to impose. So if we were to follow the logic of many segments of society, okay, you go to college, that's where you're supposed to find your spouse, even though I thought you're supposed to get education in a span <laughs> that way. Find your spouse, get married, have a kid. Yeah, you can kind of have a career, but then you also have to get a home. Okay, where's all this money supposed to come from? Okay. And also Mm -hmm. you're growing. So sometimes you may not like the person when you were in your early 20s, when you're in your mid 20s and later. So I help people to break free from that by asking themselves, what do you actually want in life? And what are your needs? What are your desires? Because maybe you want to focus on being more stable financially and mentally before you bring a child in the world, world, before you get involved with someone, or maybe you don't want to have children. So I I help people to ask those questions of themselves and look at life from multiple perspectives and to debunk a lot of those things by asking, does that make sense for you? And when we start breaking it down, it doesn't, it's so layered and it's based on a shaky foundation. So those are some of the things that I help with along with helping people to get back into their body, getting back into being central where you're just touching your skin. It's not always sexual. That's the, that's the thing too. So if you can savor your cup of coffee more, have some time for yourself, even if it's five minutes to slow down. So we're not on the go. Those are some of the things that I help people with. So that way they don't uh, get tricked into thinking that they have to be on the go. They have to do all these other things or else they're not a productive person. That's simply not true.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. And the way that society's changing now, it's almost like trying to fit into a box that doesn't really work anymore. You know, so it's just right. like it it doesn't even work with the way the world is and how expensive everything is. It's not realistic. Right. So, yeah, I think that's great because it's so unrealistic that it puts 10 times more pressure on people to mm-hmm. have to fit into that box.
1: Absolutely. And it's so crazy because a lot of people, I mean, myself included, I, I had to do a lot of deprogramming because... When you look back, you realize just how much of, as people say, a rat race it is. And you have these blinders on because you're supposed to achieve a lot before 30, right? We have these lists that, oh, yeah, you know, so-and-so did this and that, all of which are great if that's what you want to do, if you have the plans for that, the capabilities. If you don't and you want to be more of a free spirit, you should be able to do that if you want to travel the world first you should do that you should gain those experiences understand other cultures and then you can go back home and and take everything that you learned and apply it to your life and that provides such a refreshing perspective that you can use in multiple areas in your life so that way now you know that you don't have to live just one way to achieve something that you probably don't want anyway. Okay. I mean, when we when I think about it, I hear now about people who are older getting divorces. And a lot of times it's because, and again, I don't have anything against marriage. I think it's a beautiful thing, but uh a lot of people marry for the wrong reasons. And if we take time to understand more of who we are, we can be a better person for ourselves for first and foremost. And then we can be so much more for others. So mm-hmm. That's just one of the reasons why I focus so much on foundational work in my, my courses and so forth, because as long as we have strong foundations, we'll be all right.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. And since you are a spiritual mentor, do you have any advice for people just starting out with spirituality, especially in regards to shadow work?
1: Oh yeah. Ooh, shadow work is so, (laughs) shadow work is a big one. Uh, in regards to starting out with spirituality, I would say read as much as you can, obtain as much knowledge as you can, because the more you get to understand spirituality and all its levels, the better you can understand what works for you. Even when I started off, I was learning a lot about Wicca and it resonated so much for me. And then I moved on from it. I didn't know I was going to move on from that, but my my uh, my my curiosity changed, and I grew, and, and more things started to click. So I still referenced some things from Wicca, but I just allowed myself to grow. So, and in that process, it led me to shadow work. So with shadow work, is not a scary thing. I want people to take away that portion uh, first. From shadow work, It's not a, a this horrible, terrible, you know, bad thing it is a lot of work. Okay. You're going to have some prize sessions, but the thing about shadow work is you are looking at some things that you have yet to discover about yourself because it's in the shadows, some things that you have suppressed throughout the years and, and, and more. So to go through shadow work means that you're going to heal on such a deep, deep level. And the other side of that bring such a sense of peace and happiness that I can't begin to put into words. So when it comes to shadow work, I say, read whatever you can about it, do the work. And if you want to work with someone who is the the subject matter expert in shadow work, you can do that. But also keep in mind shadow work involves dealing with your inner child. So I even went to a workshop about uh, inner child um, working with that and, so it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So working with the inner child, your shadow work, take your time with it, feel those feelings, work on understanding the origin of those feelings and allow yourself to heal from that. And then you can work with someone. So yeah, it's definitely a process. Don't be afraid of it. It should be actually mandatory. because <laughs> so It just it's so, so much. So it's, it helps with your confidence. It helps with your boundaries. It helps you to heal. You won't be as reactive in certain situations. So I highly recommend shadow work.
0: Yeah. Uh, one of your programs is called activating your inner goddess. And I was just wondering what that meant to you.
1: Yeah. Activating your inner goddess. I, I believe that all women are goddesses and we all have that Element within us that we can turn up, we can we can activate that. Just like with so many other things in our life, we just need that that push. Sometimes we need that mentor, that friend to just say like go. or sometimes you have to be your own cheerleader. So to activate that means to bring about the very things that are within you, and to help you display that. So, and I believe it's day one. It's express yourself. So we work on the throat chakra. So A lot of times we have issues with our throat and that uh, goes back to speaking up. That goes also back to uh, being expressive uh, artistically and so forth. So we can just at least focus on how we are talking, being more expressive. That's a start. Taking up space. That's a start. Understanding our, our femininity, not denying our masculinity, our masculine side but really embracing that nurturing side, that sensual side, that sexy side, that intuitive side, and actually connecting with the goddesses. That's what it's all about because when doing that, we are getting back into ourselves. We're understanding that now we need to trust our intuition and we can do that. Trust the decision that we are making and believe even more in ourselves because of these divine elements that are already within us that we're activating.
0: Yeah, that's great. I have had a few people on that like refer to it as everyone's a goddess, you know, and and I totally agree with that. Uh, you also have a podcast, and you just recently announced that you're going to have a podcast network. And I was just wondering what inspired you to start your podcast.
1: Yeah, uh, you were on the podcast too a few I, episodes back. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I um
1: I I just wanted to talk. Um it's funny because my rising sign is a Gemini, so I guess being a rising Gemini, I got to talk a lot. Um yeah, I I just wanted to share my message. I wanted to help people. When I first started my my podcast, I had to uh call it was it was a, um a phone I had to call in and I could see the callers on one side, there was a chat on the other, so uh podcast, the podcasting road has definitely, uh, elevated, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to share a message. I wanted to connect with people, help them to heal. And I thought podcasting was a good way to do that where I can just talk a lot. And yeah, with the Enchantress podcast network, I wanted to, uh, send the elevator back down as, as people say to help people, uh, as podcasting has helped me in so many ways. So I wanted to uh, involve people where they can not worry about the editing, the productions so much that can be overwhelming for new podcasters. And even if uh, they're more seasoned podcasters who want to join, it also helps to free up time for them. So the one of the main reasons why I created is because for especially the magical community It's very hard to get uh, categorized in the right way for your podcast. You get lumped with spirituality and religion as one. And spirituality, as you know, has so many categories, and a lot of people weren't being discovered. They weren't able to reach certain um, people, really, because you're going against a lot of people. So the Chantress Podcast Network is to provide that support for them. And their podcast will still be just distributed in the main areas. It's just that with the network, people will be able to find them easier, which will help to drive more traffic to them, which will, uh, by extension, help them in the other platforms. So yeah, there'll be training and it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm so excited for it.
0: That's awesome. Because yeah, it is hard with like, only a few category options to really get discovered. Because like, what do you put as your category, you know, like
1: right, exactly. I even tried education, but then I am now lumped with schools, right? So primary school or grammar things like that, all of which are cool. I listen to some podcasts with uh, that help with grammar, but that's not really what I'm going for. So yeah, especially with the editing, I cannot, I can't. That is something that I'm so glad I don't have to do anymore.
0: <laughs> it's too much.
1: So yeah, yeah, I'm excited.
0: Yeah, it does take a lot of time. I don't think people realize like how much work actually goes into a podcast sometimes yeah. because it's a lot. I didn't realize it before I started one. And then I was like, wow, this takes up a lot of time. A
1: lot of time. Yes, when people were DMing me, asking me about my my podcast and all the, the workings, I was responding, but then I realized it was a lot. And I wouldn't even want to listen to all that uh, video because I was sending voice. I was going back and forth between texting and voicing a voice memo. And I just thought, I don't even want to listen to all this. So <laughs> so why not just, you know, I consulted with my team. I'm just like, hey, I had, well, I had this idea for a very long time and it just wasn't the right time. And now it is the right time. So I figured, you know, let's do it this way. If you want a, a guest on your show, we'll reach out to, you know, several people. We'll, we'll go back to you for confirmation if that's who you want on your show. But yeah, so we're there to help with that uh, multi-level support because I I get it. It's a lot and it can be easily overwhelming.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, What program is your favorite to offer?
1: Oh, man. I would have to say, as of right now, the Goddess Mastery Course uh, it's in progress now. It's the fourth round, and it's my favorite one because it's based off of my first book. And when I first started it, it was um, it was the, the beta round, and the feedback I got from that was so beautiful. I, I I can't even believe it. And each round, it gets better and better and better. And the results that the people get just melts my heart. It's, it's why I I do what I do. And it's so funny because it's, uh, it's five pillars. And when, whenever they get to the barn, it's an acronym that I uh, made up that stands for boundaries, allies, resentment, and networking. Everyone, every time they're just like, whoo, that barn, whoo, because boundaries are just such a huge issue for a lot of people so the course just goes like okay cool implemented saw results oh my gosh barn oh my god this is a lot oh my gosh oh my god and then it's then it's back to chill mode for the most part so it's, it's my favorite one i absolutely love the live uh q a's it's it's just a blast so yeah that's definitely my favorite one
0: that's awesome and speaking of your book you have two published books to be a goddess every woman is a goddess How to Get to the Point in Your Life, A Path of Revelations and Revivals. What inspired these books?
1: Yeah, wow. I I almost didn't write the first book to be goddess. Um, What what inspired that was that um, I I was working with goddesses. So those goddesses that are in the book, I worked with them directly. And I wanted, again, I, I wanted to help. And I also wanted to tell my story because all the things that were happening to me that I was experiencing, I didn't realize that they had a name to it with the section of the premonition dreams because my grandmother studied dreams and numbers and she would cross-reference um, certain things she was seeing in dreams and played the lottery and she would win. So I knew about dreams like that and uh, certain symbols. But uh, when I was on my, my spiritual, at the time I didn't know a spiritual healing journey, looking back, I wanted to let people know that the things you are experiencing are real. And also that this is one of the main reasons why I believe in spirituality, because I was experiencing so much before I found the name, before I knew what it actually was. So I figured if I were to tell my story, explain how I worked with the goddesses and how other people can work with the goddesses and also to tell the origin story of certain things. Like the word bitch is not a bad word. It actually is a sacred word that got demonized over the years. I talk about that. Like menstruating is not a bad thing. I break down words. I break down the moon cycles to help, you know, help us understand what's really going on. There used to be 13 months out of the year. That's why we have one of the reasons, well, there's 13 full moons. And so if we can understand more about that, now we know that we aren't crazy. Now we know that, okay, this is why certain things happen. So that was one of the reasons for my, or some of the reasons for my first book to get that story out there to, you know, explain how people can work with the goddesses and so much more. And the second book was based off of Uh, a blog post at the time it was one of my successful blog posts and I was I think 25 and I was just pretty much over it just over the 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 things of life that were just getting on my nerves I just want to get to the point of it already like what is the point of life what is the point of all this (laughs) I was just over it and so I did this uh blog post that was like 25 ways something like that to get to the point and people just loved it and so I figured make it a book So I did. And then I interviewed uh, women who were on different levels in the entrepreneur uh, space from those who just started to women who were already millionaires. And I asked them if they were happy. I asked them, you know, different things like that, because that book is about understanding the journey, understanding that sometimes what I call... um, like neighborhoods that we don't want to be in. One of them was the comfort district. I named that and like should build something like that. So it's understanding this journey that we're going through. And especially when it comes to money and success, here are some examples of women on multiple levels. And you can take whatever resonates and leave the rest behind for your journey from that book so it's it's really awesome there is a chapter called get that shit done (laughs) and that's when I hit a roadblock in writing the book and one of my nearest and dearest friends I was telling him about it he said hey get that shit done." (laughs) and so I did so it's also about having that support system too so it's about the journey the support system and be able to see others who are successful on their way of uh, reaching levels of success that they want and knowing that they can be happy too in the process.
0: Do you find that like the people who were successful were also happy? And like, was it different levels of happiness or was it just like about the journey?
1: Yeah, it was definitely different levels of happiness. And it, it part of it is uh, due to the journey. And I think too, the, the further you get the, not only does it require more responsibility on, on your part, but more awareness because you will have to let go of certain people and situations. And in some cases you don't have to do anything. As I call it, spirit, spirit will give them the, the, uh, spiritual pink slip. You know, they'll stop calling whatever may happen. But uh, yeah, you're going to have to look at your circle, look at where you want to go, look at the things that you have to let go within yourself. So it's a combination of the journey and uh, and then you make it a lifestyle. So once you get to that point, then your happiness can be at a certain level. And of course, life will happen. However, you'll know that you can get back to that level. You'll, you'll have an off day or when life happens, you'll have, you know, whatever time you need to recoup and heal and things like that, but you'll still be at this level. You can't go, you know, far down unless you really undo a lot of things in your life, which will take just that much more effort because it took you that much effort to get to that point.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, One question I ask every guest that's on is what does magic mean to you?
1: Ooh, what does magic mean to me man if you asked me when I was a child I would say Fantasia <laughs> like you know just everything moving around and you get to make all these like cool commands and stuff but now I, I would say magic is working with and an invisible force in a way just like how we work with wi-fi we don't see wi-fi I mean there are some uh, lenses that show infrared or like infrared lenses that can see things that we can't see with the naked eye. You know, so we work with Wi-Fi, we work with, uh, you know, the air. We can't see air, but we work with it. We need to breathe. So I look at magic as this invisible force, some something within this field that we use to call in things, to influence things, to move the energy around. So that's how I look at it as uh, just just a um, a field of energy that we work with and uh, manipulate in a way because we, we're using it to help us in ways for protection and to bring in money and so forth. So that's how I look at magic. And by extension, I look at it as something that gets stronger the more you work with it. So when, when we are connected to it, our signal gets really powerful and then we can bring in even more quicker depending on how tall our order is.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love that. Do you have a f- favorite uh, spiritual tool or practice that you use?
1: Hmm. A favorite spiritual tool or practice? One of my favorite tools, It's. I'm, I'm actually looking at it because it's over there. It's a combination. I love my cauldron and I love burning incense in my cauldron. Uh, sometimes I have cinnamon in there or Bailey's. I absolutely adore it. Uh, so definitely the incense cauldron combo. As far as um, thinking like a ritual, I don't know, it's a lot. I like the, uh, sometimes I do a shower ritual where sometimes I'll use uh, eucalyptus. I'll just tie it on the shower head And, or if I don't have that sometimes I use a shower bomb, which is similar to a bath bomb, but it's like a little tablet as opposed to uh, a ball. And I would work with sometime the goddess Yimana or uh, Oshun, or just generally speaking, I would say goddess, you know, help me cleanse and wash away the day, wash away psychic debris and it'll go down a drain. It cannot come back up. So it has gone forever. So that's one of my favorite things to do. Uh, Another one is deep visualization. I love using my imagination, imagining how things are going to play out, imagining my day, just slowing down to that. And sometimes I would play uh, different hertz music in the background or no music at all. Just open a window and let the the air in and visualize. I would say visualization and then shower uh, ritual.
0: Yeah, that's funny. I've actually talked to a lot of people who like shower rituals are their favorite thing to do. So I think it's pretty like quick and easy, you know?
1: Yep, yep, yep. It's quick and easy. And you're taking care of yourself on multiple levels. So there's that spiritual aspect, mentally you're just decompressing and then you're taking care of your physical, your body. You know, I'll, I'll have like a scrub um, or a lotion that really smells good. And I'll follow follow up, with the uh, oils when I get out the, the shower. So it's, it's really a, a nice thing to do. You just feel better. <laughs> you know, it's something about it.
0: Yeah. And also like people who aren't even into spirituality almost have a shower ritual, even if they mm-hmm. don't realize it. So um, yeah. you also do retreats and host retreats. And I was wondering how long you've been doing that and what's your favorite part about it?
1: Yeah. So the funny thing about it is I hosted a retreat in 2019 and then the pandemic happened. So <laughs> there goes that for having retreats every year. I am planning a retreat for 2023. So this is my first announcement. So I made a very special announcement on your podcast. Um, so I am planning that I have an idea for the space, but we shall see. Um, my favorite part about it is when I get to surprise people. Um for example, the last uh, uh, retreat, the the ladies didn't know that I had open bar waiting for them. So after we we did a lot of healing and I had two guest speakers come in and uh, it was around midway mark of the retreat, the, the bartender comes in and, and he's getting everything ready. You see all these bottles. So you would think, oh, okay, it's probably a cash bar or maybe I'll get comp one drink. So I said, I have a surprise for you. Open bar. If you could have seen their faces, you would have thought I was Oprah saying, you get a car and you get a car. They were like, (laughs) so I love that. I, I also love the healing portion, but I love surprising people. I love that, um, that, that factor of the, here, here's what you get. And then there's more, And that's what happens in life too. We work really hard for something that we want. And then spirit goes, and here's a little more. And it's more than we could ever imagine. So those are some of the things I love. I love the connections that were made. And it's it's interesting too, because one of the ladies who attended that retreat, uh, I went, so we have a mutual friend and we went to a concert. This was, man, maybe last year now. And she said, oh, your ret- she was still talking about the retreat and that was in 2019. And, and now was it like 2021, I guess. Yeah. Cause I don't even remember the years now, everything's, <laughs> so it was like, yeah, last year was 2021 and she was talking about it. So I love that long lasting uh, impact as well.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Do you have any like advice since you've started so many new projects and done so many different things? Do you ever get nervous or stressed out? about it? And do you have any advice for people who are about to start a big new project and might feel that way?
1: Oh, that's such an excellent question. Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah, I used, in the beginning, I used to get so nervous that I would get sick before I launched. And I remember my first virtual assistant said, yeah, you are making yourself sick. And I thought, no. Then I thought, oh yeah, (laughs) because I was just that nervous. And then I learned more about who I am, my emotions, and so I started launching with ease and that came also with uh, working with other people too. So what I like to call my spiritual entrepreneur family is really from my business mentor and, and the community that she created. So I, I was able to also absorb some of their knowledge. And so I, I started to launch with ease. And when I have a, a project, because I, I do create multiple projects at the same time, I start to understand what I need to to sustain me during that time, which requires a little extra. So, if it was say one thing I'm creating, I know that I would have to pace myself, not to um, not to go so far into it that I'm not eating, I'm not you know drinking as much, I'm not getting that much as much sleep. That's not beneficial. That's not the energy I want to put into that. And so I changed it around. Or if it's one program, I'm going to go get my Starbucks. I'm going to take these sips. I'm going to relax. I'm going to go out to lunch with someone. When I'm doing multiple things, I know I'm going to take some time out to watch. I like watching um, old detective shows and British shows. So I watch Hercule Poirot by Agatha Christie. So I like watching this. I would take time to watch these shows. And they're about an hour long sometimes. So I incorporate downtime. Uh, or I'll just go somewhere. I went on a trip and I was launching and and I, and I post about it. So I actually talk about it as I'm launching. I talk about how I'm nervous sometimes about it because I am nervous and excited, but it's more excited than nervous because I believe so much in what I do and I know how it helps people. And so what I would say to people is start understanding what you need to sustain you really like next level, because you're, you're, you're uh, bringing up so much more energy for this creation, so you may need to uh, use Uber Eats more because you just can't cook. You have to focus on this. So understand what you need to focus on, and then delegate as much as you can. And even if you are a one-person show, the apps are your friend. I I know it might be oh my gosh I don't want to spend money on this app. You can figure out other ways to help you with that, but start to get to the point where you can delegate a few things or just make it really simple for you, get pre-sliced apples, something like that. And with the nervousness, know that what you're doing is gonna benefit so many people. And even if you don't get as many people uh, as you want enrolled in the course, or maybe you want people talking about it a little bit more, don't worry so much about that because everything is trial and error everything grows and what I realized too is when I wanted say like 35 people to enroll in something and maybe 10 enrolled it was better because now I can really cater to these people whereas I would have been overwhelmed myself so it's these little things that happen too when we reflect
0: yeah Do you ever feel like when you're almost desperate for something to do well, it doesn't do that great. But if you're more relaxed and calm about it, that's when it really does amazing.
1: Yes. And it's so weird. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it's interesting because that energy is it it is it is a weird thing. Is because if you're, say you are desperately needing protection, right? You're walking somewhere, you don't feel comfortable and you're just like spirit something. I, I need, I need this protection. And maybe there's a convenience store that happened to be open, right? Because you sent that energy out. there like, I need protection now. Where's my, my mace, whatever. So there's that. And then there's the, I want the sales. The thing is, energy is money or yeah, money is energy. Everything's energy. So if you have that, you know, I want, I want, I want, I want, you're always going to want and it's always going to evade you. So if you shift that wording, that mindset to, I attract clients, I attract students, they're going to love it. I don't have to focus on the want because I'm focusing on what I already have. And I have this great program, this great whatever, and it is up for the taking, here you go. And you can say, or it's here for whatever amount of money, start to reframe your thoughts and shift your perspective. So that way you can be more attractive to attract. And and you can talk about that too. You can say, oh man, like I really am so looking forward to making a five-figure month or whatever figure a month or, you know, have these sales, the more you talk about it, it gets a little bit more comfortable. And you could talk about it with just certain people. So you can feel, you know, not as exposed till you get more comfortable with that. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a crazy, crazy thing. But yeah, when, when you take a few steps back, you slow down a little bit, still be excited, but not desperate. It definitely changes.
0: Yeah, yeah, I definitely noticed that too. And I forget where I heard it, but someone said, "Uh, like, when you're holding on tightly to something, it creates a closed circuit, so nothing new can enter. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it really is about.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. If you hold on to something too tight, it's just like when, when we hold on to certain results, myself included, I had to check myself because I I love results. So I have to remember to leave space open for spirit. It reminds me also of, I went to Catholic school and uh, uh, I think it was it was Sister Mary, Mary Joseph, I think who said it. Before we went to prom, she would say, leave room for the Holy Ghost <laughs> between our days. <laughs> so like, don't dance too close, leave room for the Holy Ghost. So I leave room for spirit to uh, surprise me. So I don't hang on too hard to results. I have an idea, a vision of what I would like to happen, and then I leave the rest to mystery.
0: Yeah, that's interesting that you grew up Catholic. I mean, I did too, sort of, but was that hard, like feeling like this spiritual pull and then being raised in like Catholic school and everything?
1: No, uh, because at the time I didn't know all these things. I had certain inklings, and the, the high school that I went to was so good at uh teaching us about other religions. By the time I was in the 12th grade, we had um theology. So we looked at uh bits of the Quran, we looked at um bits of Judaism, and and we really was, was, uh, diverse and and open. I remember one time, little did I know I was referencing goddesses, but this is again, way before I knew all that. I I asked my teacher, I said, is it possible God has other gods to help other people for, and I remember what else I said, but I remember saying like gods and then other gods. And now I'm thinking that would be you know, like spirit, and then all these goddesses and different and gods and different, you know, cultures. And she gave me a smile that was like, and I and she's like, mm. you know, it's like she knew, but she couldn't really, you know, because she has her teachings and stuff like that. And I respect that. But uh, yeah, it my my, my high school was was pretty unique, where it wasn't uh, so much that they were trying to force a certain uh, like way of life. Uh, They did try to do the whole uh, chastity, you know, no no sex until marriage, but that I always rejected that. That never felt right to me anyway. I just felt like you should be able to uh, get to know yourself on multiple levels, what you like, what you don't like. And what if you marry someone and you never had conversations about your likes in that department and now you're unhappy and, you know, other things happened because of that. So that was just the one thing, you know, the the whole no sex till marriage. and like, no, don't agree with that. Of course, that's fine. And that's what people want to do. But that just wasn't for me. But other than that, it was a very open um, teaching.
0: That's great. Um, okay, last question. And this is like the Already, closing uh... <laughs> question. <laughs> is just... Um, what does, or what's something magical that happened to you this week? And it could be something actually magical or just something kind and nice that happened.
1: Mm, Magical. Wow. I had a lot of interesting dreams, uh, in this week. Um, I'll go to the dreams. So, uh, my grandmother appeared in my dream and that was interesting And then she she was just uh, like sitting there on her bed. And like she was writing, she had a lot of uh, books about dreams and numbers. And she would just circle them, circle the numbers, make the connections. And then the dream shifted to me holding my child, a baby, an infant. And I kissed my child on the forehead and said, the legacy will continue with you. So I am going to say that that's the most magical thing that happened this week because I I know that certain things are coming in my life and I know that I am, well, I am in the process of creating a legacy. So, you know, to have those dreams like that, which I'm going to say is a premonition dream because I had premonition dreams about even this ring that I'm wearing, I had a premonition dream about, I had a premonition dream about how my cousin was going to look So I'm just going to say that is one of my children who I just bless them and say, you're the one, you're the chosen one. So I'll, I'll circle back to you (laughs) when that happens. And uh, yeah, I I saw the room and everything. It was as if I'm talking to you right now. It was just that real. So, yeah.
0: With uh, premonition dreams, do you like have a certain criteria for what you feel is like, oh, this was like an actual premonition dreams? Cause I always find dreams really interesting because I have extremely vivid ones and they're always like, mm-hmm. I remember everything, it's extremely vivid, but a lot of times it's like just so random, it doesn't really make sense. But if I have multiple dreams of the same thing, then I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, that means something. So I don't know if Absolutely. you have some weird criteria.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, I I do. So I took um Denise Lynn uh gateway dreaming course uh years ago. So, I became a a gateway dreaming practitioner. And so, with with that uh, training, some of the criteria for my premonition dreams are if it happens repetitively in a certain way. And especially when I was a, a kid, I had several dreams of people who were passing. I had to piece some of them together. And some of them were just two dreams, two of the same dreams where I just saw them pass. And then there were other dreams where it happened multiple times. There were some dreams that happened one time, but it was so particular and so detailed that it it, it provided a certain feeling within that I just knew. And it happened like, like the dream with this ring. I had it one time. And lo and behold, years later, you know. So yeah, it's is definitely that it's a particular feeling, how real it feels, because sometimes. It's 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 a dream where you're doing something and you wake up like, oh yeah, you know, that was something. So it's definitely that feeling that is is just too real. Sometimes if it happens several times, and um also when you wake up and you start to see things from the dream, like little things from it, like, oh, for example, when I had a dream about dragons, and then I started to see some dragons or uh, it was this one particular dream. Uh, it was a it was a dream of Mother Mary, and now I've been in Catholic school for twelve years. I went to a Catholic university, and I never saw Mother Mary look like this. She had uh, a crown that was red. Uh, the 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 um the fabric part was red, but then it was gold on the outside, and then it had a little uh, like jewel on top. So I was in this museum. And I was looking at her painting that was a huge painting. And then it moved and she extended her hand out to me with this crown. The next day I go to Burlington Co. Factory with my brother. We go up the escalator. I nearly jumped out my skin because it's a bunch of these statues of her with that crown. I'm like, (laughs) was that a premonition dream of me to get? I should have bought the statue now that I think about it. So I have these premonition dreams of something that's I'm going to encounter and that happened also with another with the uh god oh, I forget his name but I actually bought the statue and so yeah sometimes I have these very particular one-time premonition dreams where I see something that's like a notification so sometimes it's a notification what you see in your waking life
0: yeah do you ever get dream deja vu like where you in real life someone says something and then it like flashes back to a dream and you remember your dream yep
1: yep that happens too yep or um sometimes it's a smell or you see like like a car or something go by you're like ah and then yep the dream comes back yeah or at least a portion of the dream comes back yep yeah
0: yeah that's so trippy but yeah it happens all the time to me (laughs) it's crazy Yes. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I enjoyed having this conversation and learning more about you, and I'll link, you know, your website, your Instagram, everything in the show notes so people can find you.
1: Thank you so much. I had such a great time.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode with Tia Johnson, who gave so much great information on spirituality and entrepreneurship. There will be links in the show notes. Make sure to follow Everyday Witch Pod to stay up to date. Also, rate and subscribe to the podcast. Thank you for listening, and don't forget, you are magic.